The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I've got to go see my parents sometime after the 25th in Feb. So my main concern is not picking up the cron somewhere between my lounge and my parents' sitting room and giving it to my fucking ailing dad and killing him accidentally because they need time to fucking build up my inheritance. Yeah, they've, no, they've really, totally. They've really fucking <laughs> sat on the last 70 years. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're running out of runway to fucking that provide totally me makes with sense. like... Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like they, they really need to be in the market, you know, until yeah. it lifts a bit. Like. I respect that. <laughs> Tēnā koutou katoa, my name is Toby Manhai. This is Gone by Lunchtime. Kia ora, Annabelle Lee Mather. Kia ora. Kia ora, Ben Thomas. Morena. Kia ora, Tiahi Butler. Morena. Uh, uh, welcome especially to all of our new listeners on the Parliament lawn, listening to uh, Trevor Mallard's iPod blasting out <laughs> through the speakers. Um, really great to be here. Um, we're, a, we're a political podcast from the spin-off. And uh, how does it work, Annabelle? I don't know, but I heard that that like Barry Manilow is actually what's on Trevor's iPod. Like he didn't specifically select those tracks. Like those are his jams. Yeah, he just pulled it out from the drawer, mm. plugged it in. I reckon, I reckon he's definitely got an iPod. Yeah, for working out iPod Classic. Uh, yeah. What about an iPod Mini? Like a shuffle, <laughs> mini display. So he's got a mini display. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what was that, that, that what was John Key's famous line that, you know, the Helen Clark government was a, an iPod government, and a, no, a Walkman government in an iPod world? Oh, that's a good line. Oh, sick burn. Yeah. Wow. But, but now... Zing. So now, technology, Tunga. Now, 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 now the iPod 2 has been claimed underneath the waves of history. Hmm. It's, been, it's, been, it's been a time. It's been absolute scenes. We're now on... We're talking on Wednesday aren't we? Wednesday, uh, the 16th of February, and the it's day nine of the protest in the grounds of Parliament, the occupation in the grounds of Parliament and surrounding streets that has kind of paralysed that part of Wellington. It began with a convoy, which itself was inspired by a Canadian trucker convoy, which um, left from both the ends of the country and uh, gathered in Wellington, some in Picton. There's still a camp in Picton because they couldn't get across on the ferry because they required vaccination <laughs> or tests. I was going to say, isn't there always a camp in Picton, though, because like, the inter-island <laughs> ferry is never working, oh. so there's like a permanent campground there? Um, <laughs> before the convoy took off, it was probably maybe it was two weeks ago, 
I was driving through Ponsonby and I saw, you know, this bedraggled sort of K-Road looking kind of dude. Mm. Yeah, well, I thought K-Road. I thought, you know, like a classic sort of uh, late 2000s sort of hipster dude with his like, you know, Von Dutch trucker cap and mm. <laughs> di- dirty denims mm-hmm. and uh, with a sign saying support the Canadian truckers. And I, I hadn't been following the news and I was mm. like, I mean, I do. Mm. You know, they do good work. <laughs> they... They're good people. <laughs> yeah. Very polite. Honest, <laughs> honest, hard working. Probably, probably much reduced methamphetamine use since like new regulations came into force. Um, but now, you know, now, now it turns out like he probably was just like a gross fetid redneck and, uh, and and I do I don't think I do support the Canadian truckers. Mm. So this uh, group have I regret honking, which seems to uh, <laughs> move between three hundred kind of three hundred car hardcore who are there and up to three thousand who will tend of the day. It's got quite big, um, and there are a bunch of different organisations involved in it, which has become at moments a bit tense. There's been some internecine. Uh, battles going on in terms of the control and who negotiates and what the demands are. Um, I won't bore you with that in detail. I've written about it a little bit on the spin-off, but uh, you've got the Freedom and Rights Coalition group, which is set up by Brian Tamaki and Destiny Church, who weren't involved in it at the beginning, but supplied PA gear when that wasn't there <laughs> in Parliament and a little bit of kind of ad hoc security, um, internal security, and then what we'll call the counter-spin crew, who are much more kind of into the QAnon conspiracy imported from America type uh, theme, uh, are angry with them because they feel as though they have encourage people to leave and that they've got in the way of their camera work. And most recently, they're crossed because there was a suggestion from a chap called Hecker from the the Freedom Rights Coalition that they might want to move their cars a little bit to allow uh, some emergency services through, which has infuriated the counterspin team. And so there's quite a lot of struggle as the police attempt to find someone to negotiate with. I believe they're talking to Leighton Baker a bit. Um, lately, former leader of the New Democracy Party. Is he still? He's no, not new anymore. Conservative. Former, new Conservative. Yeah. New Conservative Party, big pardon. But one of the things, um, Ben Annabelle, is that there's been a lot of debate about who people are. And uh, I, I've been watching far too many live streams um, over the last seven or eight days, and I feel like I've got a reasonable sense of them. And it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's nonsense to suggest that it's teeming with uh, Nazis or, or or even extremists, and it's also nonsense to suggest that these are just you know just womad. Um, that it's just a, a, a you know a lovely a lovely carnival with sort of you know um, hemp craft for sale. Um, I've I, I've got a couple of audio clips to you here, which um which which I think are reasonably representative. Uh, probably sit somewhere in between the you know, the most kind of casual onlooker versus the, the more extreme end. The whole the hospital system is filled up with the vaccinated people that are actually very ill. People are actually dying from the booster shot. Now, if you want that booster shot, that's your death wish, because this media is not going to tell the truth about, about all of this, what's happening. They're incapable, because their orders are gag orders. And uh, but around the country at the moment, people are dying from that booster shot. There's lots of people coming out saying this has happened just before, a few days ago, a couple of days ago, just a few hours ago. If you want that booster shot, that's your death wish. That's a corporation death wish. 
If it's an inconvenience for the city, well, guess what? Mandates are inconvenient to our families. Many people have lost their jobs because they choose not to be uh, um, a lab rat, to be used by an experimental drug that has got nano technology and nanotechnology is a chip it's programmed i deal with nanotechnology i have dealt with algorithms i have dealt with ai and what the whole three are is that they control the technology the program that the, um, they are going to put us in and that's why they want 5g in now i don't think that uh, those two people are necessarily um, the same as all the people at the protest, um, and nor do I think that they would could fairly be described necessarily as extremists, but they have uh, swallowed some, some appalling misinformation, disinformation, and much of that sentiment, I reckon, is common uh, among those groups, and it's dangerous, and it stems from more than just being anti-mandate, though I accept there are some people there who just think the mandates are wrong. It stems from disinformation, uh, anti-science, rhetoric. What do you reckon, Annabelle? What what are you seeing when you look at that gathering? Well, when I listen to that, I I agree that, that within that, that group of people that those ideas expressed by those two people aren't extreme, but in reality they are actually really extreme. Mm. And um, I don't know, it's like I think that there's some valid concerns around mandates that should be discussed, um, and I, I think it's reasonable for people to um, to, to expect um, a date or a plan for when they might be lifted. Mm. But when... But when people kind of mix into this big soup of bizarre beliefs, um, it really takes away the credibility um, from those valid concerns. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about basically a hierarchy of public sympathy in terms of the attendees at the march um, or the occupation as it is now. There has been a tendency to sort of flatten out the attendances when people are commenting. You know, Bryce, yes. Bryce Edwards, noted academic and political commentator, has been out there doing some shoe leather journalism and has concluded that this is uh, a, uh, the seeds of a working class uprising, uh, possibly to a socialist utopia. Um, on RNZ, he sort of sparred with Morgan Godfrey, the very good commentator who sort of said, you know, they're not legitimate protesters, they're all Nazis. Um, and, of course, you know, the truth is always... Well, not mm. so much somewhere in between, but kind of yeah. Uh, I think you're probably, fractured probably, probably like a slight, spectrum, slightly caricaturing both mm. of their arguments. But yeah. let's let's go with it. Uh, and uh, so, you know, at, at one end, you've got you know very sympathetic sort of characters. Uh, there was a, I think, a nurse or a midwife interviewed by Henry Cook on stuff, mm. who had a really bad uh, reaction to the mm. first uh, vaccination. Has mm. had immunological problems. Um, and her doctor advised her not to get the second shot. I've talked to other people in that situation, and the the, the vaccine mandate uh, scheme 
doesn't provide exemptions. They provide a very, very, very narrow range of exemptions. I think, you know, early on, I think Ashley Bloomfield was saying publicly there might only be about 100 people uh, in countrywide who would qualify for a medical exemption. Yes. Now, there's actually a much larger number of people, you know, not not in terms of the population as a whole, but in terms of bigger than 100, hmm. who, you know, who, who have seem to have genuinely founded, you know, backed up by their doctor's advice, and we've heard from chronic fatigue sufferers, uh, people with um, uh, microencephalitis. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think th- there is, you know, I think we can all feel sympathy for those people. Then further down, you've got perhaps the sort of people that we were hearing, you know, the first lady that we heard from in the audio clip, who you would still, you would characterize as a victim herself. You know, yep. she's, she doesn't seem like a Nazi. She's obviously bored and down, gone down the rabbit hole and now is living in this kind of terrifying world where people are trying to control her with nanotechnology yep. and, and poisonous vaccines. And scroll up and you'd see 1080 yeah. along with all when the 5G stuff. When I look at stuff. that group Ab- of absolutely. people, it's, you know, like I look at some of the, the signs and the, the 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 people involved, like you know Liz Gunn and John Ansell standing in front of that sign that was comparing Jacinda Ardern to to the Christchurch to the terrorist. Christchurch terrorist, yeah. and to me it's like those people represent the ultimate in white privilege. Like when you can claim the trauma and the horror visited upon the Muslim community of Christchurch that day and use it to compare yourselves as victims. To me, that's truly Incredible. revolting Incredible. and a demonstration of, like, the grotesqueness of, of white privilege. And then, you know, that guy that was uh, the, the the first interview, like, obviously a guy who's gone down the, the rabbit hole and all of that stuff. But, you know, that, that the, the I mean, in my mind, the real conspiracy is, or not conspiracy, but... All of these poor countries that have no access to vaccines and then richer countries that do, that's the real COVID vaccine story that actually the poor are missing out. And we, we that's, why everyone to, should, that's why there should be thousands of people at Parliament. You reckon, you, <laughs> and, the, and then when you look at the Māori that are involved in that protest, you know, a lot of their stuff comes from like the absolute suspicion and fear that they have of the state, the, the mistrust, mm. and for very good reason. Mm. But what they all have in common is that they've all f- been subjected to misinformation for so long. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, not the John Ansells and the Liz Guns, but they're all kind of victims of misinformation. And that's something that in a post-COVID environment we really need to, to look at you know, how we um, deal with these platforms like Facebook and Twitter and all of that stuff, YouTube. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and this goes back to, you know, there's a spectrum, there's a full spectrum of sort of levels of empathy and sympathy. Mm-hmm. You know, at the one end you've got, you know, people who have genuine health concerns who have been basically overlooked by a very rushed vax mandate process. It's like if we, if we actually think back, this was all done in about a week or so leading up to uh, the traffic light system. Um, and it's easy to sort of forget in the rush of things that happen in the emergence of Omicron. This was an extremely rushed and imperfect pro- pro- project. And, um, you know, there will obviously be gaps. I, I'm not sure what's been done to backfill those. Then, yeah, you've got the victims of misinformation Starting to get more unsympathetic, you've got the people who start using it as, you know, a kind of reason to talk about, you know, hurting politicians. Yeah. And then at the far end, you've got people like 
John Ansell, you know, who is just a professional race beta conspiracy mm. theorist, um, and the wellness influences and hippies. Mm. And Actions of Landia and, yeah, yeah, and grifters and all yeah, sorts, right? Th- th- that's yeah. right. And, and the, you know, these counterspin people who, yeah, their, their business model is racking up vulnerable people, uh, showing them on TV being revel- TV, quote unquote, as revolutionaries, um, and, you know, I think that's one reason a lot of the dialogues are just flattened into are the protests good, are the protests bad? And that's not, a, that's not a particularly useful way of looking at it. I mean, I think the in terms of the sort of climate of political violence around the world and, uh, you know, we've seen indications that, you know, there's, there's risks in New Zealand as well, um, starting from, you know, James Shaw being sort of accosted on the street a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to take these things seriously. Mm. Um, and it does sort of bother in my mind, for instance, that the police are just treating it a bit like a music festival with pass outs. To, you know, even even the big day out or whatever didn't let you could just go in and out freely. Yeah. They'd check you for liquor or something, right? <laughs> well, you couldn't and, bring pat- patio heaters in, for yeah, example, yeah, or sort of right. giant dance floor sized gazebos. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if you're, you know, in their laundry distribution hubs set up at the backbencher, um, you know, I, I would think that you would be just wanting to check that there's no knives, no guns. Let's you come, know, let's not to keep bringing up that example, but when you look at like what they did at Putiki Bay at the start of lockdown, going in and closing up that camp, and mm. then the, the the response to this, it's it's. It, I want to come back to the to, to the police response and the speaker response in, in in a second, but there's just one other thing to say about this kind of uh, uh, panoply of different causes and representatives. The only other thing that I would I would say is you will hear people if you listen long enough or read enough talk about it talking about being sovereign citizens and 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 it, and it sounds a bit odd and these those sort of ideas that you can that a police officer can't arrest you if they're not wearing a hat and <laughs> these sort of three sentences you can read out to a police officer about your own sovereignty that will and it's this kind of uh, esoteric elaborate kind of made up hmm. field of kind of pseudo legalistic language. And the only thing I would say about that is when we it's important to understand that the end point of that is overthrowing the government. And the you'll hear the Nuremberg Code mm. mentioned or on signs. It's like what what's that? That's weird. Well what that is is that the that that's about putting politicians, journalists, scientists and other people who have promoted the use of the vaccine on trial and potentially executing them. Many just mm. want to go straight to the execution. That's what it is. So it sort of sounds, it's not, and, and I guess what I'm saying is it's a, it's a continuum. It's not that far from 5G uh, nanotechnology to that stuff. It's actually a pretty small step. What, oh, oh, that's what? why I find it so ironic too, like a number of journalists this week have come out and said, you know, how these are really kind of reasonable New Zealanders with valid concerns and all of that sort of stuff and people should just get amongst it and understand, get to know them better and all of that. And ironically, a lot of these journalists that are saying that are the same people who like lose their shit every Waitangi day when someone chucks a dildo at you know, at a politician. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally support people's rights to to protest as well, but it seems to be like some newfound moral code for a, for a large section of New Zealand media that all of a sudden they're like, the right to protest, except on Waitangi Day or at Ihumatau. Well, yeah, I mean, Ihumatau got a good run. <laughs> they were there for quite a long time. 
they weren't threatening yeah. the public. They weren't talking no, about right. executing politicians. Yeah. They weren't. Uh, they didn't have white supremacists camping among mm. them. And when, they, and, when, and, they, when they flew the Hefakaputanga flag, they were for the, the most part, it was not associated with the sovereign citizen <laughs> movement. Yeah. This is Gone by Lunchtime on the Spinoff Podcast Network. We will be back in a jiffy. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market. The opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it... A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Okay, let's keep tracking. Let's keep moving. We've got to um, keep tracking. Uh, 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 the... the the police response and the speaker's response, let's talk about that a bit. Um, on the police response, they originally uh, stood on the steps. I think that perhaps they weren't expecting quite the turnout and clearly they weren't expecting the tents to start rolling in. Then on Thursday, I think, of last week, they attempted this kind of sort of almost a kettling effort, but they basically were trying, they, they pushed a line up after having three arrests when that dude from New Plymouth attempted to serve arrest papers to... Andrew Little. Um, then they, they, they pushed down and they were basically trying to, I think, isolate the group into a corner of the grounds. And then I think they probably would have let them, the idea is it would have fizzled out and they would have just mm. had a small holding there and everyone could go back about their business. That didn't work. And so the next day they kind of decamped back to the, the steps of parliament, the forecourt. And then it did, it just, it just, the, it suddenly, the the gazebos started coming in, the sound equipment, the honestly, a whole I saw one image with a, a stack of patio heaters. It's just and you were mentioning it, Ben, that it seemed extremely strange that there wasn't any effort at least to just put people on the gates and say, look, you can come and go, but you know you can't bring basically kind oh, of see your you know, this is a, this is the <laughs> most most effective housing project achieved in <laughs> New Zealand for years. <laughs> um uh, and then, and then we had the speaker for reasons that kind of confound me, and I don't know whether there was some genius strategy behind it, an attempt to ridicule or an attempt to channel energies. Um, but he played Barry Manilow. He played public health messages. Yesterday, he was playing the debates from inside the chamber. And what was happening there? And about was he just being a cantankerous, irascible, get off my lawn, old? Geezer, I mean, or... I feel like it's very on brand for for Trevor Mallard. Like he, yeah. I mean, as Morgan said, he basically was trolling the protesters. Yeah. And, it, and um. And is that a good idea oh, or look, a bad you idea? You know what? By comparison to other countries, yeah. is it that big? Is it like a horrific it wasn't thing a water that cannon. he was playing Barry Manilow? Mm. I don't think so. Yeah, it is a bit humorous. Is it going to fix it? Well, apparently not. But you know, is uh, it is it the end of the world? Is it a, a Keenest breach of human rights, no, 
does it fuel their sense that they're not being taken seriously and therefore they will continue to stay put? Yeah. So and probably counterproductive overall. Yeah, Ben, a sideshow, but also it did go, seem to galvanise them a bit. And, you know, they were talking about psyops. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, so, so, so psychological the, torture that was being wrought upon them. Oh, yeah, well, this, this is actually, this is an FBI and CIA tactic, is uh, when the Waco siege was happening in the yeah. 1990s, um, the FBI and alcohol, tobacco and um, firearms agents uh, blasted through massive marshal stacks, um, Barry Manilow, and other, you know, what we would call terrible music hmm. um, at the at the Waco uh, compound all night. And it's a way of, like, basically sleep-depriving, uh, you know, the targets, driving them a bit insane, <laughs> you know. Um, the difference here tactically, of course, is that Trevor Mallard did not have the protesters surrounded. <laughs> In fact, it was quite the opposite. Um, and he wasn't playing at all through the night because presumably that would disturb, you know, the, the 50 MPs or whatever that live across the road <laughs> um, and other Wellington residents. And it sort of, it just seemed a bit sort of, it seemed very New Zealand in the sense that it's just mm. not serious. And, you know, whether it galvanised... I don't know that it galvanised the crowd in terms of making them furious or angry. I think that it kind of, you know, whether his intention was sort of lower the tone or tr- uh, sort of lower lower the tensions, you know, make it a bit more ha-ha, or whether it was to, you know, troll them, as some people have said. Or whether it was to get... At least there's not pepper spraying retweets. them. Yeah, and well, the, the greatest, the, the biggest priority of all to get mentioned on Stephen Colbert. Well, this this is right. And and then I think, you know, he certainly seemed to lean into that on the second day, asking Twitter for, you know, song yeah. recommendations. And w- what it did do is, you know, it shows that you're engaging with them. And then, of course, they're blasting back their mm. songs and, oh, now we're having a bit of a dance-off, basically. Mm. I mean, they might as well, you know, do step up to the streets not, on the not, lawn not, with, not you know, f- not, Trevor Mallard can bust out his crumping moves from when he was education minister in 2007. <laughs> I, wonder, I do wonder if and, it would have been more effective to play Mandy than Coca Cabana, though. Yeah, that's important. But, that's but, yeah. but, but the thing also, is, the you've got to remember, protesters you know, he should have, love this, he right? Should have, he should have sort of said, said, said that it was AstraZeneca that was coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you've got to remember, people who are doing occupations love this. You know, the, the festival is actually almost the point because, you know, why do you think people get involved in conspiracy theories online? It's because... It's because they're they're lonely. They're Create disconnected. Create a sense of community. Find Create a sense find, of community. Yeah. And and yeah. now and yeah. you know these are not most for the most part these are not the people who would go to a music festival for two mm. shots for summer that Jacinda Ardern promised. And so they're having their own. And then the speakers joining in and mm. they get to feel like they're resisting the man and trying mm. to overthrow the government mm. without having to put anything on the line. You know, mm. a lot of people have said if you move the police and that'll really radicalise them. You'll create a whole generation of terrorists or whatever. Generally, don't with most protests. Most people. People don't like getting arrested. They don't like their overseas travel being curtailed. They don't like having to go to court. They don't like getting their cars towed. And, you know, most people will actually just decide it's not worth it. But here you're giving, you know, Trevor Mellor gave them an entry point for engagement and struggle that, you know, they could not just participate in, but was fun and they got to dance. So, of course, it's going to prolong the whole thing. It's, you know, it's it's sort of ridiculous. And it just but kind you of- know what? In some ways, like, as you say that, Ben, it kind of makes me think, that's actually not a bad thing. Yes, it prolongs the protest, but, you know, these are guys that think that the government and the state is absolutely evil and out to kill everyone and that the most heinous 
people on earth. So the fact that there is a bit of lightness and humour and engagement, I think, in the overall scheme of things, may not necessarily be such a bad thing. I mean, if they'd opened up with pepper spray and police batons and stuff, that kind of does feed the narrative. Salt and pepper, I not actually, pepper spray. Controversial take, but I, I actually think that a, that some very controlled and well thought out and well considered and strategic engagement with these people is not the worst thing in the world. This is a group of New Zealanders, teeny tiny slice of New Zealanders, who feel for whatever reason... Um, no matter how real or not real the reason is, they feel marginalised and terrified and scared and like they're not being listened to. And so I don't think that further alienating them is going to be very helpful in the overall scheme of things. And actually, you know, because we're not getting rid of YouTube and Facebook and all of that stuff anytime soon, they're probably only going to grow. So actually, while I totally understand why politicians feel fearful and don't want to be walking around the campground, you know, passing out cocktails to them, um, I do think that there needs to be some thought about getting a, a, a ropu of leaders together, not necessarily political leaders, but people with mana who can engage with some of the more mm. reasonable factions within this ropu and start to have a conversation and a negotiation to, to bring this to an end. The uh, police have indeed asked for leaders to be provided they want to talk to people. Mm. And one of the problems is, and we, we touched on this at the outset, that it's very hard to identify people who are able to speak on behalf because when Freedom and Rights Coalition, uh, Destiny Church-backed spokespeople appear on the steps on the PA and say, hey, everybody, maybe we should just think about letting emergency vehicles through, they're castigated as demons by yeah. other parts. So it's difficult, right? But, yeah, but it Lane is, Beach has been, been talking to police. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I mean, it, you know, I mean, like maybe they should set up a kind of a tent for talks and, yeah. and get, get you know, ask, ask, ask the chief science advisor to come and give a talk. I mean, it's oh, tricky, God. right? But, you know, like maybe, no, you maybe, maybe we, no, maybe you, we can't, have you can't, you can't legitimize this sort of thing. It's the same They're already being legitimized by it's, all of the media coverage yeah, around them and delegitimizing them. I mean, but, but that you, doesn't you, help you, either. You, 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 I'm you, kidding you, about the tent, it, but yeah, then no, surely but if, you if, if engage. Engagement needs to happen on some level. No, no. If no? you're if you're the if you're the prime minister and you start making appointments with people based on how much they break the law, you know, well, you, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. I didn't say the prime minister though. I, I said but, like some yeah. sort of. So you don't leader, even think, leader, leader, think the police should even be talking to Leighton Baker or leaders at the moment to try and negotiate something about moving they, the They cars? should be talking about logistics, but yeah. I don't. You know, I I don't think it's a wise tactical decision to you know to offer them you know free parking for the duration of their time. Um, first of all, because. You know, these are like the leaders that we're talking about are conspiracy theorists. They will think that the police are trying to steal their cars. And if the police had any sense, they would be. Um, they and don't just think that. They think that the Red the Sky Stadium was being set up as a way to try and inject people with Omicron. 
Oh, really? Okay, no, I had, I had only gotten as far as they wanted to clear the roads for the, the tanks to roll down. And uh, um, you can't, you know, it's it's the same as when uh, Hone's uh, cousins, uh, no, sorry, nephews, jostled uh, John Key and his entourage at Waitangi Day. And I think they got, they might have got a diversion or something. And uh, and they offered to, they, they sought out uh, to do a restorative justice session with John Key. But you can't, you can't have that. You know, you can't say, well, it's very difficult to get a, a, an appointment with the Prime Minister, but if you try and attack his, <laughs> his, his party, you'll, you'll get one. Um, and it's the same here. You know, I mean, there's a lot of groups that could get a thousand people onto the parliamentary lawns. Um, and you certainly don't want to encourage people to take more extreme actions to block up traffic. Um, uh, 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 engagement I, I, I is totally get, the wrong I, thing. I get what you're saying, Ben, but do we not want to pull these people back into the team of five million, for want of a better word? Like, like people can come back out of the rabbit hole. Some people are able to come back out of the rabbit hole when they've got the right support and and. Um, resources around them and I'm not saying that we're going to be able to fix everyone that's here but we actually do have to try these are our they, they I mean like them or hate them whatever we, we share a, a country with them like do we not want to try and and diffuse the situation rather than push them out to one side where they're able to just keep incubating these freaky ideas and it becomes worse and worse and worse and worse. Well, I think, I think part of the thing there is in terms of going down the rabbit hole, what we would be doing here if you met with the leaders of this protest is you, you would be inviting the rabbits in. Um, and, you know, if you've seen the, the demands that some of the protests, uh, protest leaders have made, they are end all laws <laughs> relating to, <laughs> end all public health regulations relating to COVID-19. Now, these these aren't realistic or genuine demands. Uh, you, you can't. There's nothing to negotiate, and uh, legitimating these people is the worst thing that could possibly be done in terms of uh, in terms of their ability to grow their own movement. Uh, you know, and you know, we've talked here before about how the opposition leader will always try to share a podium with the prime minister if they're given the chance. Well, you know, of course, rabid nutcases are going to want the it's same thing. It's an extremely, it's an extre- extremely difficult and febrile and delicate mm. situation. I suppose. I just the wonder argument what happened. Like, speaking to those people who who you describe as the crazies or the ringleaders, but the people who are, you know, we most of us have a friend or a family member or someone mm. who has been tempted into that stuff. Mm. And I guess what we can probably agree on is that the approach taken should be to, as far as possible, minimise those people getting sucked into that gravity. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. Also, uh, when you mention rabbit holes, it does put that idea of those trenches they dug into a new <laughs> perspective, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> um, I do wonder, you know, like if the... Police go in there with batons swinging. Like, are we just going to get a, 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 another wave of people mm. coming in oh, who look, see I, that and it really, you know, it's ignites something difficult for them? The, I think the police have been really restrained, and and I've been on the whole impressed with the, with the way mm. that they've they've dealt with us. But look, we and were, I, I feel terrible for the people that live around there too. I listened to that interview with the Kuya on RNZ yeah. yesterday, who lives across the road and. Students getting harassed, it just sucks, man. It sucks for them. So, yeah, I think anything that we can do to 
get it closed down in a peaceful way so those people that live around Parliament and the people who work in Parliament can get back to a, a bit you know a bit of normality and peace is a good thing. Hey, listen, Phil Goff is going to leave politics. Let's just talk about that very briefly. Uh, that leaves the he's 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 been in New Zealand politics since I think. Almost the beginning like, <laughs> of the world. Um, it was at 81 like or something. Early yeah. he, was, wow. he was a minister in the fourth Labour wow. government, the fifth Labour government. Wow. Um, and uh, so in October, he will finish his second term as Auckland mayor, and he ain't going for it again, which leaves a vacancy for the Labour endorsement on the left. Richard Hills had been hotly dipped by the Herald. Maybe that was a I don't know, a kite-flying exercise by somebody who can say he's out of it, which leaves Efeso Collins as the, I suppose, almost presumptive. That wasn't so much the... a kite-flying exercise as a Zeppelin that he flew <laughs> in across the spin-off <laughs> about a month ago. Well, yeah, we had a, we had a good chat. Um, and uh, uh, how do you see it, Annabelle? On the other side, there's Leo Malloy, the, um, I think, what do we, what do we say, colourful flamboyant, mm. outspoken, garrulous, social media pugilist. It was weird listening to Bob Harvey talk Leo Malloy up Did on he? RNZ the other Did day. He? Yeah, Bob I was Harvey. like, Bob oh, Harvey said, he, yeah, that was one of his weird. more interesting what? interviews. He was, he was talking about how Chloe Swarbrick or Paula Bennett would be his choice. Well, yeah. Well, and I yeah, thought, well, that's, yeah, that's one vision, <clears throat> um, there is, one coherent uh, vision for Auckland. Um, well, mm. I mean, yeah, there have been all sorts of people who'd been mentioned, Paula Bennett, Mark Mitchell, David Shearer. As kind Who was of, talking about Mark Mitchell? Mark Mitchell was, was in the Mark, was, for a was long Mark time. Mitchell talking <laughs> about Mark Mitchell? Well, I don't know. I'm so sick of hearing all <laughs> this <laughs> chat about Mark Mitchell. <laughs> um, uh, and meanwhile, Viv Beck, who's, uh, you know, pretty w- widely liked um, head of Heart of the City, is still uh, considering it. Sounds like that may be announced any minute. By the way, Leo Malloy's campaign manager, Matt McCartan. Yes, the game changer himself. How about that? I mean, you know, if you think that Leo that doesn't have, doesn't have um, you know, experience, well, that's that's probably the most seasoned campaigner mm. in the game. So I mean, Matt McCartan has lost be. more Auckland mayoralties <laughs> as a candidate and campaign manager well, than almost anyone else in history. That's, that's, so. that's certainly another, another way of looking at it. Um, <laughs> Annabelle, your thoughts on the Auckland mayoralty race? Um, well, I totally agree with um, what Morgan, Morgan Godfrey said the other day, like in the biggest Polynesian set, um, city in the world, it's time that we had a a Māori or a, a Pacifica mayor, but, but the way the mayoralty works, I don't think that's probably ever going to happen because you need so much money to be able to, you know, run for to be able to run an effective mayoralty campaign. That that kind of excludes a lot of Māori and Pacifica from from throwing their head in the ring or at least having a, a real chance of of winning. So, well, it looks like Fesso Collins will have the is likely in the, in the in pole position to get the Labour endorsement, and with that comes a big machine and quite a lot of money. No, to be honest, I'd be surprised if Labour gave it to. I think Fesso would be. Wonderful, and, and you know he's a smart guy with a, you know, with all the chops. Charismatic, mean speaker, great relationships builder. You know, two two to South Aucklander, but I kind of feel like a vessel is too labour for labour. Well, he's also got he's got another. <laughs> potentially insurmountable problem, which is that Ben Thomas endorsed him within a few hours of oh, him announcing. 
Ben? Uh, yeah, well, I I, I, uh, I went to university not sort of with the fess, I didn't know him, um, but he was a very impressive figure. He has been his, mm. entire, his whole career. Um, you know, even as even as a kid knocking around university, you're like, this is this is a leader, right? And, mm. that, you know, that's really what Auckland needs in the sense that it, its biggest issues are sort of trying to get funding from, you know, trying to get funding or regulation from central government that can, you know, help the city out of the sort of various messes that it's in. Mm. I love his free public transport policy. I think that's freaking awesome. Yeah, probably zero chance that we could ever get over the line. But oh. at the same time, you know, you need somebody who actually is, you know, Len Brown and Phil Goff both said, you know, both as super city mayor candidates said, you know, we, I'm going to take the the interests of Auckland to Wellington, and if, you know, you know, they both gave it you know, a bit of a shot. They um, gave but, it a little nudge. Eh? Yeah, but 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 Ifeso is the sort of person, you know, he he really is an inspirational leader, and he's the mm, sort of person yes. who can use the the levers that you actually need, you know, like the media, like public opinion, uh, you know, to kind of. You know, make that sort of progress. I mean, obviously, an insurmountable challenge in Leo Malloy, but um, I mean, the thing, the thing is, with with uh, you know, with Labour, really interesting because you know, one of the things that Fess mentioned in his interview with you, Toby, was you know, nobody knows where these Labour endorsements come from. <laughs> you know, yeah. for first Len Brown and Phil Goff, mm. which is actually incredible since. I can't see a non, you know, apart from in the event of a schism, I can't see the non-Labour endorsed candidate ever winning in Auckland, in the super city, uh, because you need, you know, even though voter turnout's lower in South and West Auckland, wow. you still need those constituencies where the traditional, you know, the the, the Auckland right, um, you know, and you see it will say Viv Beck, if she, is she running? Is she actually... De- de- we don't know yet. Yeah. She, she's still considered. That's but, you know, she's, she's heart of mm. the city, right? Like, that's literally just a few yeah. blocks of CBD. But, that's but also, why it would be so cool, too, if Anana, if Vessel Collins does get the... Um, does get the ticket because, like, you know, it's that whole thing. If you can see it, you can be it. I reckon if he does, we'll get we'll get a way better turnout well, for in, the, in South Auckland and well, all of that stuff. But I hope and I pray and wish that I am absolutely wrong, but I just think Labour will be very reluctant to give him the ticket. I don't know. And that the, would be, the, a, mis- the, that would the, be the, a mistake, if, in if, my if opinion. If it's not him, then there's going to be someone who's a, who's a, who comes out of left field unless David Shearer actually has changed his mind and is going for it because the the, the expressions of interest that they've invited close tomorrow and then uh, so so if you if you if you don't put your name in the tin for the Labour endorsement by tomorrow, Ben, then you're not you're not going to get it. And it's so far we're not aware of anybody else who who wants it. And then it goes. There's some discussion in, in, among the Auckland teams. And then it goes to the New Zealand Council, which is a governing body of and, Labour. And based, reckon, based, based do, on all of so this, do you reckon Matt Mitchell will will like apply for the Labour could ticket? Be, could be. It would be, a, would be, would be <laughs> an, an anonymous you nomination. We've had a member of the public who doesn't wish to be named who has heard his good things is, about Mark Mitchell. Mitchell Marks. Um, there's also oh. some interesting stuff happening in Wellington where Tori Fano, who uh, was the chief of staff to the Green Party, has has uh, thrown her name in the ring, put her hat in the ring, put her name in the, you know, her she's going to go for her it. Her tie in the ring. And, um, and we're still waiting to hear whether Andy Foster or is, is going to go again for it, although given he's contested every election for the last 300 years, then it's likely. Mm. Uh, and we don't know about Paul Eagle. So I, there's I, more I think to we, we, I think we know about Paul Eagle, we, don't we? Fleur Fitzsimmons, the um, uh, Wellington Council. 
No, well, the, he's the, out. Fleur Fitzsimmons, who's the Wellington councillor, uh, has, has has resigned yeah. and has said that she will not stand again for council, um, and she has long been seen as Eagle's uh, successor in the Rongatai seat. Oh. So, so, so he in or out? Uh, in or out? I think I think in. he's I think he's in. in. He's in. Se- secretly in. Okay. He's not publicly secretly in. in. He's secretly oh, I in. love a secretly um, in. Yeah. We will talk more about Wellington and Christchurch and other parts of the country in the weeks to come. We'll see you in the Gomba Lunchtime tent at Parliament <laughs> we got to. Um, kia ora Annabelle, kia ora Ben, kia ora tiai. Thank you very much to spin-off members who uh, keep the uh, lights on. Love you. Kia ora e te iwi, Kiai Butler here, Podcast Manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.